Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles, brought to you by NetSuite, your business, but more visible. And speaking of more visible, today we're going to bring you a better look at what is still out there in the transfer portal in the form of Jared Verse, FCS guy, possible D1 talent, killed it at Albany, and we're going to talk about what we think he could bring to the Florida State Seminoles as the number sixth overall transfer rated recruit. We are then going to talk about someone who just got on campus, A.J. Duffy, four-star quarterback commit, has officially rolled enrolled at Florida State, coming off of a great all-star game at the Under Armour All-Star. And we're going to keep rolling with the quarterback themes. We are going to talk about what if Jordan Travis had gotten hurt this season to underscore the point of why we need a transfer quarterback in the backup position because we got a lot of questions about that. If you're on YouTube, like the video, subscribe, hit the bell. If you're on the podcast, you already know what to do. Make sure you follow us so we pop to the top of your queue every single day, Monday through Friday. Guys, we're locked on Seminoles. Let's get this thing started. Driz, roll that video. You are locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, however you choose to listen to us or watch us, we thank you for being here. Without you, we don't get to do what we do. We are three Florida State alumni. We spent a collective, I've done this math before, I think like, Dave, you were there for law school Seven. too. So like collective 18 and a half years at Florida State together. Uh, it means a lot to us. And we've now gotten to cover the team for almost two years now. I now have a 2020, 2021, and 2022 folder of Locked On Seminoles and Knowles Anonymous stuff which is pretty exciting. So if it's your first episode, you picked a great one because who doesn't love some quarterback talk? Gentlemen, let's start with the defensive side of the ball, though. We're talking about Jared Verse. Drake, you were the one that flagged this one. Give us a breakdown. Who is Jared Verse? Why should we care? Jared Verse is probably the number one defensive end transfer target right now currently available. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jared Verse is a defensive end over at the University of Albany. Now, I know Albany is an FCS school, but however, he... I want to say for the spring, he nearly had double-digit sacks. Now, I know we kind of are a little more wary about the FCS transfer when it, it comes to, like, for example, we got Marcus Cushney last year, who we kind of see now is not all that was cracked up to be. And actually, I think he also entered transfer portal a few weeks ago. But versus someone that who is very similar to a Khalil Mack to me, and I'm not saying he's going to be Khalil Mack. What I'm saying is he typically has the same size, similar speed, but he's someone that you can see actually dominates at his entire level of where he's playing at, whereas Khalil Mack did the same thing at the University of Buffalo. Now, Dave, I think you know, know a little more actually about him than I do. So, do you have anything to add? Yeah. So, even though he's at Albany, he's 6'4", 247. That's the size you want in defensive end. And he's going to have three years of eligibility left. That's a big deal because it's not just a one and done like Jermaine Johnson. Not that he's going to be him or we should even expect anywhere close to that. But he has time to develop here in addition to potentially being able to impact early. Like Drake said, had double-digit tackles for loss, almost double-digit sacks. Uh, we need help at that position now with both of our defensive ends gone. Keir Thomas gone, Jermaine Johnson gone. What's left? As the number one defensive end in the transfer portal, that would be a big deal if this staff is able to close on him. Yeah, and this would be a big one. Now, what I like is this quote right here I'm reading. This is a... Uh, this is a quote from Verse. He said, going further into the process, no school's bringing me in for depth. You're bringing me in to be a third down pass rusher. I'm not really talking to you. 
The school I'm talking to wants me as a four-down player. Important factors are the coaches and how they can help me grow as a player and how I can help the program. I want to play and compete for a national championship schools that can help me do that. So there's a lot to unpack there, right? None of the schools he's talking to, by the way, because it looks like his top three um, that he got it down to is Tennessee, Florida State, and Miami. Um, sorry, none of those are going to compete for national championships during his three years. However, he talked about how our staff explained the Jermaine Johnson situation, the Kier Thomas situation. He said, they just came out of the situation that I'm literally in. Two transfer guys, they played like one year, uh, and they're about to go to the league and get drafted. So that's exciting that we have that relatable situation and that the staff is able to communicate that to him. I just... Oklahoma did it twice with quarterbacks, but I want to caution people against expecting another Jermaine Johnson in the portal. It's yeah. it's not it's gonna just, happen. It's unrealistic. I mean, look, Jermaine Johnson is a guy who honestly never should have come to Florida State. We yeah. were blessed by the angels of football to have him come here because he kind of kind of slipped under the radar, right? That guy probably starts at 128 FBS programs, and Georgia was one he just couldn't and we got lucky there. Don't expect a guy to be that, but we said this a couple weeks ago. If we can moneyball close to the same production, get a guy like Verse who can play all three downs, who's talented. Um, we got that linebacker. What's his name again, Drake, from UCF last night? Tatum Bethune. Tatum Bethune. He gets really good pressure, according to PFF. He mostly comes off the edge, not a, not as a hand-in-the-dirt lineman, but as a, as a backer. Get one or two more pieces. You hopefully still have Lovett on the inside we can create a similar paradigm to our defense from last year. And if we can do that, I, I don't see us taking a big regression. And to add to that, the Jermaine Johnson effect, we can't sing his praises enough because it hasn't ended just at his ridiculous on-field performance. That dude is still helping Florida State recruit. If you go to his Twitter just today, he was hyping up Chance Maine as a defensive end target saying, we want him here, even though he's from a small school. Jermaine Johnson is ab absolutely actively helping us try to land recruits, even though he doesn't have any, he doesn't get any benefit from doing that. He's leaving. He's going to go make a ton of money as a first round pick. And yet he's doing it. And that's the big part of the appeal for verse to come in actually for, you know, cause he sees what Jermaine Johnson did and Kier Thomas did like as a whole, basically being able to elevate their draft stock so high. Cause before coming into the year, Jermaine Johnson was just a role player. Kier Thomas was like a, a utility piece for South Carolina before he came over here as well. So it's like, it's really nice to have those two, examples to kind of look at and see what verse can be if he does come here my only concern is that we seen the staff the past month and a half um, be unable to close none of them can close so Hell hopefully yeah. we're we should hopefully hear something from tonight if he announces tonight while we're recording this it should be us if this goes into friday sorry thursday friday even saturday by the weekend i wouldn't be surprised if it goes over tennessee or maybe even dark horse and lsu so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's fair to say they can't close. I don't think they've closed on the players we've necessarily wanted them to, but they've closed on some players, right? They were able to get Pittman despite the offensive coordinator who was recruiting him leaving. We just got a, a, a linebacker, one of the best G5 linebackers in the transfer portal last night, guy with 105 tackles. So they've done some closing. They just haven't haven't been closing on the, uh, the ones High profile that maybe guys. we want to see. And I want to take a quick listener question real quick, and then we'll go to uh, – to AJ Duffy, just because it's very topical. It came up yesterday on the video of why are we putting such an emphasis on recruiting right now? The portal's still open. And I want to point out that Florida State starts classes this week. I believe they start tomorrow. Today, as you're listening to it, 
which means that they have about a week of drop ad. Yeah. Remember, I know there's NIL. I know there's transfer portal stuff. They're still students. They still have to go to school. So if they don't announce within the next couple of days, they're not going to go to Florida State in the spring. In some positions, a, a guy can come in in the summer. But when we're especially talking about quarterback, like we're going to, they needed to be committed already. Is and, and I'll leave it at that because if they're not enrolled now, I don't really think they're going to contribute much next year, except maybe as a rotational piece. So, anyway, folks. Before we move on, I want to tell you about NetSuite. NetSuite is the best way to gain visibility into your business. If you're going to run a successful business, you have to know everything about it. You have to have your finances, your HR, your planning, your budgeting, all of that in order if you're going to hit your growth goals. And NetSuite helps you put all that in one place. It can automate your processes and help you close your books in no time while staying ahead of your competition. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D. So head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer. All right, well, A.J. Duffy threw the ball around a little bit this past weekend. He uh, was at the Under Armour game, two touchdowns. Taking a step back from that, the first two days of practice, he was the number one quarterback at the Under Armour practices. Yeah, more importantly, he won the shootout competition for accuracy. I think he had 44 points. The second place finisher, I think it was Connor Wagman, the Texas A&M QB commit. He actually had 14. So he beat the next person by 30 points by accuracy standards, which is something I care a lot more about than a game they don't care about practicing-wise. Yeah, what's encouraging about him is the development we've seen over the past two years. And if if y'all have listened to this before, you know I hammer year-to-year development. I like to see it. That tells me if a kid's going to get better when he's at our school, if he's gotten better at other schools. And clearly, IMG Academy worked for him because he – I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I feel like he was kind of a – I don't want to say fringe four-star, but okay. he was kind of a four-star based on, like, you know, athletic talent and just kind of like, yeah, he looks like he could be good one day, not necessarily because he was a polished passer or a great QB. And now we're kind of seeing him become a more polished quarterback, which is exciting. That being said – I, he's just, I just, I, you know, I don't know. He's just not ready to start next year. So I, I really you don't, don't like, want... you don't like freshman QBs, man. Cause you don't know what they are yet, which is completely and totally legit, legitimate because they don't have that much. They've basically, you have a lot more bus code calls than anything else. Well, they're but, 18 years old. They're yeah. 18, they're 18 years old. Exactly. And like, no one remembers the kid that's, you know, scored like a thousand touchdowns and a thousand yards went back in high school, except for that kid in their hometown. But I think <laughs> well, with, and when he tra- reminds you, True. Watch Friday Night Lights. That was probably one of my favorite movies. But I think with Duffy, he actually did show talent-wise back at Rancho Verde, which is the school he actually had back in California before he moved to IMG. The thing with IMG is that's a team that's, as you said, is just solely dedicated to football, solely dedicated. Like, that's what their bread and butter is. It's also really hard when you have someone as in Stacey Gage, a 2024 running back, who quite honestly could play in college right now. And they're more run focused as well. You know, we said that we were, we've been saying the same thing with Oregon right now with Anthony Brown. So he's not, he wasn't asked to do, do all that much, all that extra. So that's kind of why at the end of the year when he had the thumb injury, or I think it was the, f- the finger injury, he's like, you know what? I wasn't really playing that much anyways. And you, I mean, you've been to boarding school. I think you talked about like the other day where it's like, once you're not there for what really you need boring. to be, it's it really boring. So yeah, we're going to get into this more in the next segment, ironically, but if we're talking about whether AJ Duffy's ready to play this year, we have a big problem because we can't do the James Blackman thing to another quarterback. Like Blackman was better, best his first year and got worse every year because of the situation he's, he was put in. I mean, look at Bo Nix. Bo Nix was SEC freshman of the year and he's not going to even finish his career at Auburn. Like, yeah, 
you're not setting a kid up for success to send him out as an 18-year-old kid. Plain and simple. I don't care who you are. No, maybe one in a decade guys is ready to play as an 18-year-old freshman at the Power 5 level. Jameis redshirted. Joe Burrow wasn't good until he was a redshirt junior or true junior. I forget which one. But he was three years into college before he had his breakout. Tua had one really good half as a as a true freshman, and then he broke out as a redshirt freshman. Johnny Manziel, redshirt freshman. Quarterbacks are not usually day one starters because, A, they just haven't gotten used to the speed of the college game. You're throwing, not only are you throwing as faster defenders, you're throwing to faster receivers. So, like, your target's moving faster, and the guys covering them are moving faster. The plays are more complex, and you're probably learning a much larger book. So, added complexity added number of plays, that alone, and then make the game more physically challenging, it's not a good situation for a kid that was in high school less than a year ago. Yeah, and if there's going to be anywhere you can go to high school, probably that's going to prepare you to start early, it's going to be IMG, right? Like, that's basically sure. a college program they're trying to run there. But here's the thing with Duffy. Clearly got a lot of arm talent. Accurate, which is something we need here. But his junior season didn't play because of the pandemic. There was no season. Last year, he missed some games due to injury. So you're talking the last time he played a full season of football was 2019. And like Drake said, that was in California. Ridiculous numbers, completed like 71% of his passes, like 26 touchdowns to seven picks. Great thrower as a sophomore. As a senior, completed 64% of his passes. But, you know, I don't know, man. If Again, we're going to get to this next, but if A.J. Duffy's name is coming up as a potential player next year to start, that's a problem. And that means our season's not going the way that we hoped it would. Yeah. And, you know, I think our, our fan base, for some reason, has decided they hate Jordan Travis, which is an interesting dynamic because he's the only reason we have different theories on this. But probably the only reason you won any football games this year was a mixture of Jordan Travis, Sean Corbin and uh, your defensive ends. So yeah, without those much. four guys, you don't win a single football game this year and take out one of those four. You maybe win two and take out two of four. You probably are down to one. Anyway, it's it's not that we don't like AJ Duffy. We're just trying to say don't don't expect him to compete with Jordan to start. And if Jordan gets hurt, you really don't want him out there. I mean, one last stat I just pulled up. It's hard to find a number, but Matterday High School and St. John Bosco are the two absolute powerhouses in Southern California, right? They're the the Aquinas of Southern California. Some would argue better, but those two schools over the past five years put 130 kids in college. So how many kids are on a given high school varsity roster? Like 60? So they have, between the two of them, 120 kids per year on the team. My point is, those two, five, those two schools, the two of the best high schools in the country, collectively send like a quarter of their kids to college total. That's not Power 5. That's not D1. So even at IMG, to your point, Dave, he's playing against a defense that maybe has two D1 starters on it maybe four kids on it that will eventually start at the D1 level on any given Friday. It's just not the same game. So anyway, I want to talk about this, uh, this fun hypothetical you guys have cooked up. I like, uh, I like when Dave and Drake get together, put their heads together and decide that we're, uh, we're going to, we're going to take a trip down misery lane. So walk me through this again. What is, what is our scenario here? Is it, is it like, it's like simply, when does it happen? It's simply, it is this. What if the 2021 season Jordan Travis is unavailable, as in he's neither on the roster because there were rumors. Doesn't play, doesn't play at all. Yeah, doesn't play at all. Injured. Not one exactly. Snap. 
Not one single snap. Okay. All right. Well, let me give the people some some good news first. And you guys, it's the Get Upside <laughs> app. The Get Upside app, I just started using it. I really enjoy it. it it's really simple. You download Get Upside. You use promo code SCORE when you make your account. Next time you go to fill up, look at your Get Upside app. It'll tell you which gas stations are offering you cash back. You get your gas there. You get cash back. You can cash out whenever. Get a gift card. Get it put on your account. Doesn't matter. So use the GetUpside app, promo code SCORE, and literally get cash back for gas that you're going to buy anyway. It's literally free money. And when you cash out, you get it in your pocket, go double it. And the quickest way to do that, betonline.ag. There's lots of sports going on, folks. We're about to have the NFL playoffs. MLB starting up in a mere two months. We got basketball, the regular season's in full swing with conference play. All kinds of stuff is going on. So get lines on whatever sport you care about or whatever sport you don't want to care about, but just want to liven up your evening at betonline.ag. And when you make your account, use promo code locked on. Anyway, folks, I guess this is just kind of one of those fun off-season hypotheticals. If you're here at Locked On Seminoles, you will get used to off-season hypotheticals. We have football coming up in a very short three months. We're going to play one game against ourselves And then four more months after that, the season starts. So we've got a lot of daily episodes to get to know each other and to get to talk about the previous season. Just say, hey, what could have gone differently? Because coulda, shoulda, woulda is what we do. So let's talk about Jordan Travis never coming in. Let's say that preseason injury is more serious and he's unavailable. I like this because it sounds like we're assuming Milton is healthy the whole year. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's leave it that way. Okay. So then I have a couple questions, right? One, do you guys think Milton plays the entire year? Plays or starts? Start like like is your QB one the entire nope. year? Two, I think what do you that. think it does to the run game when you don't have Jordan Travis's legs to open up holes through motion and schemes? And three, what big plays do you think definitely don't happen with someone under center? I know that's a little weird because the whole game would be different, but humor me. So, for me, with Mackenzie Milne, I think he would start up until, what was his last game this year? Wake Forest, I think was his last game he played overall? Or was well, Louisville? Yeah, oh, started, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Louisville was his last start. I think Louisville okay. was after Wake Forest, right? I actually legitimately think we still go with that path, because even with a health, somewhat healthy Jordan Travis, Mike Norvell kind of stuck with him until the wheels like kind of fell off against Louisville. Now, to me, I think we see each other heard earlier and often. And I mainly say that primarily because I think that's kind of where – the thing was, I think with Joe Brady, we all kind of knew he wasn't particularly, you know, what had a great handle on the playbook as a whole. I think he probably would actually be starting. In my perspective, I think we probably would win maybe one less game. We probably would definitely lose the Miami game, but I think we would win the NC State game. I think that's a kind of a trade off with that. So yeah. to me, we go into an off season right now where you're having the bad question again of whether do we go back to Jordan Travis because like he can't stay healthy, or do we go with Mike Norvell's, you know, first price QB and kind of hold off until AJ Duffy can come in? Yeah, and Max. Uh, but, I think you definitely also, to, 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 to rebuttal that, I think you, you also lose Syracuse without Jordan Travis for sure. Um, maybe the game plays differently, so it's kind of a tough one to quantify. But Yeah, that one, that, that, that one's a toss-up. That legit, yeah. He won Syracuse for you. Um, and you don't, I don't think, you don't beat UNC with McKenzie Milton either because I think yep. we beat UNC. That was, I mean, Travis had a great passing game, but that one was predicated on, them really selling out for his legs and him just having a great day with his arm. Oh. Uh, 
I'm not entertaining any re- any reasonable arguments for UNC. You know my rule with UNC. Mac Brown yeah, will never right. win. Mac Brown can't beat Florida State. I know. <laughs> honestly, honestly, Tate Rodemaker probably starts that game and goes 11 for 12 for four touchdowns, you know, because it's UNC and Mac Brown just doesn't. But yeah, I I, I think say we lose one one more, or, or we, yeah, we only lose Maybe one two. more with Miller. Maybe two. I think it's three. Yeah, I think one or two. I think it's three or four, but um, anyway, yeah. but. But you know what else happens if, if we win Jordan five. Travis to answer another one of your questions, if Jordan Travis doesn't start this year, Jay Sean Corbin's coming back for 2022 because he doesn't have sure. the year he had. And yeah, the running game probably implodes. I don't even think we learn to the, the name to Sean or Trayshawn Ward's name because Jordan Travis having Jordan Travis being a threat to run it every single play opened up the running game. It, it's yeah. weird. We didn't open up the running game with the passing game. We opened up the running game with the running game. But that's a hundred percent right. But if Mackenzie Milton, you saw it, they tried to run like a couple times with Mackenzie Milton and we all held our breath and we're like, is his knee going to fall off? And yeah, well, then you didn't really have to worry about it. And guess what else you didn't have to worry about him throwing it deep. So it was either a short slant or they're going to run the ball and eight guys in the box. Yeah. We're, uh, we're not having a good run game this year. And, you know, we said, oh, maybe that's one or two games different. Who the hell are we beating on the schedule if we don't have a run game and we don't have a, bad, a de- deep pass game? I was just saying, that's the other critical piece is that you cannot run the ball without Jordan because your offensive line was able to block on one side of the line. Or sometimes they would pull the left side to the right side and then kind of be able to block on the right side. But they were not able to consistently open up holes for you. Most of your running was done through misdirection. Um yeah, and I, I, I'll answer the big play question. I think those big plays to Douglas and Toa Philly, anything involving motion in a wheel route doesn't work without Jordan back there because I said this last year when we beat NC State, or 2020 when we beat him is what I mean. He's the only quarterback in the country, it seems like, that can run play action with himself by catching the ball, faking a run, and a defense legitimately has to freeze. So I, I don't know. Now, I also am a little... A, this is no hate to McKenzie Milton. I appreciate what he did. He tried really hard. I think he was a great culture builder in the locker room. Um, I think, I just, I think the fact that you have Tate Rodemaker said Jeff Sims on your roster is a bust of all busts. I mean, not that Jeff Sims is great by any means. Like, you know, Jeff Collins is probably about to get fired at Georgia Tech. And uh, I don't care how many former Florida State Heisman winners he brings in to coach his kids. They're not going to be any good. But... I, I, I just I want to think that Norvell and Dillingham maybe would have figured something out because I look at how few points this defense gave up this year. And I, I don't like, you know what I mean? It's like you only had to score like 28 points to win most of your games. And I kind of wonder if you knew you had Rodemaker from the start. It was different against Florida because he had to go in. If you knew you had Rodemaker or you knew you had KZ and that's all you had, I wonder if they couldn't find a way to score 28 points five or six times. And that kind of leads games. me that kind of leads me to believe too also cuz we all know that the playbook is not the exact playbook that Norvell wants to run with Jordan Travis at quarterback. It's just not. Sure. And we see that Norvell is very hesitant, he's not very great kind of like, you know, adjusting to that. I mean, over the kind of over the course of the year kind of like resigned to calling more Jordan Travis centric plays. But if you have someone like a somewhat healthy like a healthy KZ will healthy by his standards, Tay Rodemaker or even Chubble right now who we saw at the UMass game when he kind of did dial that stuff up. He was like what yeah. five for five, nearly a hundred yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, so it's kind of like Louisville last year too. I mean, he has a, yeah, he has yeah, an like, arm. Yeah, he has the arm. So it's I wonder like because a lot of the stuff that I had a problem with was Notre Dame play calling, 
Clemson play calling was the play calling at the end of those games. I kind of felt they were coaching not to lose or also coaching not to lose by more than 10. Like the Nord- Notre Dame game, you saw the, you both saw me that day. I was furious about how way that game ended. So I would want to know, I think the play calling would be overall extremely different. And we would kind of know a little more what Norval wants to run. So we might actually have more of a kind of how we feel about him overall as a play caller. Cause we still kind of don't know what Norval kind of wants to run overall. Yeah, but I don't know if he has the opportunity to run what he run, wants to run with those guys unsuccessfully, because I think if he had the opportunity, if, if those guys could run the offense, Norvell wants to run successfully, why wouldn't he have them in instead of Travis to run it? You know what I mean? Like, it, mm-hmm. because then under that theory, he would win a pretty similar number of games. So the fact that he is begrudgingly choosing to start Jordan Travis tells me those guys are not capable of doing what he wants them to do. Or, he, or, he, or, or, or maybe Jordan actually gives him a better chance to win, not because of the play calling. You know what I'm saying? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I think it's a little bit because we all because we're all right here. We're all probably on the same consensus right now. We need to win eight games next year, yeah, right? At least seven, but probably eight. Yeah, yeah. Max, you win seven, year. We can talk about this later. I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give one more piece of credit to Jordan Travis here, and it'll be the last thing I have to say on it. Pile it on. You said we only had to score about 28 points because of the defense. Well, I think Jordan Travis actually probably made the defense's job easier. Uh, because even on a lot of the drives we didn't score with him, he would still have a couple plays where he broke free for a first down. It would flip the field, change field position. It's funny, we talked yesterday. The 2013 team, our offense was so good. So was our defense. They made each other better. In in this case, in this, this last year, our offense wasn't great. But to an extent, especially in the second half of the year, Jordan Travis did help the defense in terms of making their job not so difficult, starting with short fields. Our special teams screwed that up a lot. Regularly, right. But Jordan Travis helped them in that regard. Yeah, I mean, he definitely elevated the team. The the reality is he he was QB one for a reason. I think to get back to the question of what happens if you don't have him, it it makes us think of what happens if you don't have a capable backup this year. And I think that you're in for a very long season. I think that if Mm -hmm. agreed, if it would be very put it this way. In 2014, 15, whatever it was, 17? When did, when was Frenchie hurt against Alabama? 17. 17? 2017, First year you started out as the number three team in the country. Yeah, well, you know. You started out as the number three team in the country. You were picked by a lot of people, too. If you could get past Clemson, like people were literally saying, you get a mulligan. They're like, you can go lose to Alabama, and as long as you win out, you're probably going to the playoff. And we finished with six wins by the skin of our teeth, rescheduling whoever it was. We've looked this up, and I've already forgotten. ULM. To us ULM. To, no, that's who we played in the bowl game, I thought. No, I played the Miz in the bowl game. Oh, that's right. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah, ULM, that was the uh, listener. Uh, he corrected us. That's that right. One. That's right. Appreciate that. So, yeah, you, you had to do that to barely get to a bowl game. So, look at where you finish there relative to expectations, right? Like f- five to six wins short of expectations. So I don't think it's unreasonable to say if you lose Jordan Travis this year, you probably finish at 50% of expectations, which is three and a half wins with, in my opinion, three being more likely than four. Um, That's a scary prospect. And it is, while these games are fun to play, it's a stark reminder that this staff has not landed a transfer quarterback before the, the enrollment for spring. So we're not going to have one in the spring. QB one will be Jordan Travis with, uh, AJ Duffy and Tate Rodemaker competing for second team reps, maybe Geno English sneaking in there. Um, they are not going to get more than one linebacker on campus for the spring. Uh, they are maybe going to get verse if he can get into school in time. He's probably going to announce tonight. I know he's from Albany where they start school probably in like 
March or however they do it up in, you know, Yankeeville. But I, it's uh, it's a disappointing, it's disappointing, and yeah. I don't know. But it's also sprinkled with the fact that, like, to your point, Dave, we might get a top 10 class as a five-win team. So I don't know what the hell to make of this. I don't know how to feel. Why don't you guys tell me in the comments how to feel? But I'm going to stop making y'all my therapist, and I'm going to go back to being your favorite podcast host with my co-host Drake, my co-host Dave. And together, we are Locked On Seminoles. Thanks for stopping by. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Go to